Recently, I began reading a book titled Counterfeit Christ by Trent Horn, this, this Catholic apologist. In the book, uh, in, in this book, he tackles various misunderstandings about who Jesus is. Some misunderstandings have been around for a very long time, such as uh, the idea that Jesus was merely a prophet or that he was a fraud. Those misunderstandings were around when Christ walked the earth. But over time, new and different misunderstandings have cropped up. And, and so this book is his attempt to explain and, and, and debunk, if you will, these misunderstandings. The one that maybe is most common today uh, is the first one that, that Trent Horn addresses in this book. And he calls it, uh, he calls this misunderstanding the idea that Jesus is a non-judgmental buddy. And he, this misunderstanding, he says, sees Jesus as, as something like a, a first century version of a hippie. You know, he taught that all we need is love and that we shouldn't be so judgmental uh, like the rule-bound and rigid scribes and Pharisees. That Jesus isn't about rules or commands. That's really what's at the heart of this. Now, this misunderstanding is very common. I think it's common for at least two reasons, two reasons that um, we can draw out from the Scriptures. You know, first, I think the reason a lot of people view Jesus this way is it's easy to misunderstand the conflict between Christ and the scribes and the Pharisees. We see this all over the gospel, right? Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath. The scribes and Pharisees claim he's breaking the law. Jesus doesn't pull any punches in dealing with them either. He calls them hypocrites, whitewashed tombs. He criticizes their interpretation of the law, how they favor minutiae over the larger, weightier parts of the law, like uh, justice and mercy. And so people see Jesus criticizing scribes and Pharisees for the way they interpret or practice the law, and then they jump to the conclusion that Jesus must be against the law in general. Yet anybody who views Jesus as against the law needs to look no further than our gospel today. It begins with Jesus saying, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. I've come not to abolish it, but to fulfill it. And he goes on to say that not the smallest letter of the smallest part of the letter will pass from this law. And that our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees if we want to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus isn't against the law. And what's more, what we see in the rest of our gospel, is, which is from the Sermon on the Mount, is Christ giving us the new law, the law of the gospel, which perfects and fulfills the law of Moses from the Old Testament. But this new law it has a different new focus, emphasis. This law does not add external observances, but instead it's focused on reforming our heart. You know, for example, you know, we, we just heard uh, Jesus said, you, you shall not kill, whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. 
And it doesn't stop there. It escalates. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. It escalates, but this is concerned not with an external action first and foremost, but with something going on in the heart, in our interior life. There's an old saying, sow a thought, reap an action. And so the new law is concerned with regulating our interior dispositions like anger, which are at the the root of sinful actions. In the extreme case, murder. In other words, he gives us the new law to make us good. How can the new law, how can any law make us good? Aquinas says, St. Thomas Aquinas says that the law makes us good by habituating us to good. What does that mean? Well, I've already quoted part of the old saying, sow a thought, reap an action, but it goes on from there. Sow a thought, reap an action, sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character and reap a destiny. And Aquinas is articulating a similar principle. If we follow the law of God, the new law, which seeks to make us not simply externally good, but internally good, then, step by step, we grow accustomed to avoiding evil and to doing what is good. And eventually, over time, it becomes a good habit of virtue. The law helps us become virtuous, and virtue helps us grow in holiness, to become the saints he created us to be. That is the ultimate good in this life. And this, this fact that the new law is given to make us good It points to the second reason why I think people misunderstand Jesus and and think of him as a non-judgmental buddy. Because we misunderstand the law. We think of the law either as something arbitrarily imposed on us to take away what will make us happy. Or we think of the law as a judgmental condemnation of us as persons. It is neither. The law judges actions. Jesus, as judge, will one day judge persons, but the law does not judge persons. The law is given that we might be made good, that we might experience the fullness of happiness that Christ has in store for us, not just in the life to come, but in this life as well. Because God's commandments, they're not these burdensome restrictions. They're instructions, guidance on how to live well. Lying, cheating, stealing, committing adultery, all the violations of the commandments, what do they do? In the end, they ruin lives, our lives, and the lives of those around us. The commandments are given, the law is given to make us good. The law is given so that we can experience the happiness he created us for. Now, while the new law that Jesus lays out in the Sermon on the Mount teaches us what must be done, It's still only half of the equation, because left to our own devices, we're going to fall, we're going to fail. And that's why Christ, he doesn't leave us to our own devices. He offers us his divine assistance, especially in the sacraments. And he invites us into a life of prayer that disposes us to receive the sacraments fruitfully. You know, the sacraments are no mere empty ritual. 
They are divinely instituted, sacred, mystical signs that manifest the grace Christ won for us. And it's by frequenting the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and confession, that we receive the grace to live the new law. Jesus isn't against the law. He's not the, this non-judgmental buddy the modern world tries to present him as. No, he is God incarnate. He is our Savior, and he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. And it's because he wants us to have this abundant life that he gives us the law, that he gives us his commandments. So as we continue with Mass, as we prepare to celebrate and receive the sacrament of the Eucharist, let's pray for the grace to choose to follow his law so that he might make us good, so that we might experience the happiness he has in stores, in store for those who love him, for those who follow his commands.